TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Hi, once again, Chris Malone, 98.5 KTK Morning Show. Here's your recap for Tuesday, March 21st, 2023. Talked a bit about the old iPhone, probably something you already know, but it needs to be reminded every once in a while because when you receive a voice call on your iPhone, sometimes you have the option to decline the call, and sometimes you only see the little slider that allows you to answer the call. So what's going on here? Well, come to find out, it's a very simple explanation. Uh, When you get a call while your phone is in the locked mode, you're not going to have an option to decline the call. All you have to do is you will see your phone, and it will tell you to swipe to the right in order for you to answer the phone call. If your phone's unlocked, well, then that's when you have the option of pushing the green button to answer the call or pushing the red button to decline the call. So that's why. But there's another little hack because, you know, Apple loves to have these little hidden features they don't really tell you up front. But um, if you are, your phone's locked and you want to decline a call, you can push the side button twice and we'll send a right to voicemail. How cool is that? This was kind of funny because um, I don't know why this particular gentleman decided to petition about 30 U.S. cities to to, uh, make proclamations for him about the small nation of Kalesa, which is a small Hindu country with a burgundy red flag and has a sitting Hindu god on it, as well as its coat of arms. even has a website. Now, if you are thinking, I've never heard of Kalesa, what the heck country is this? Well, you're not crazy because Kalesa doesn't exist. But that's a little bit too bad for 30 cities that actually had proclamations uh, proclaiming Colossa as Colossa Day in whatever cities. And this actually happened <laughs> in Lakeland, Florida, Bartow, Florida, and Tarpon Springs. As well as big cities like uh, Newark, New Jersey, who went even a step further making it a sister city. Um, it turns out the man who making these proclamation requests is wanted on, uh, on a warrant of rape and abduction in India. And when the story started surfacing that this guy was putting together this fictitious country and getting cities to uh, give proclamations for it, he kind of disappeared from the limelight. But it did serve as a, as a lesson for uh, at least the mayor of Lakeland. He says that uh, they'll do better research next time before they make any sort of proclamations in the future. Makes sense to me. Getting that first impression, especially when you're um, up for a job interview, it's very, very important. And it is very true. You have one shot to make that first impression. So make sure, uh, at least according to HR um, uh, human resources people, um, they say the number one, I guess, off-putting first impression you can have is to be late. 
or even too early for the interview. You need to be punctual. And that means that you need to allow for traffic. You need to allow for weather, whatever it is. I come from Southern California where I've been told many times being late for an appointment is never an excuse because there is always going to be traffic in that air neck of the woods. But in any case, um, you know, I was talking about being late, but there's also the same thing about being too early, mainly because HR's you know, they schedule these appointments and they only, you know, if you come too early, well, then they got to deal with you at that time. So, again, that's a really off-putting impression. So, it may be worth waiting in the lobby or waiting in your car before you even come to the lobby. At about five minutes before your interview, that's kind of when you need to make yourself known. Now, if you're doing this on the video call, it's also still good to be punctual, not too early and not too late. You also need to make sure that whatever backdrop you have is appropriate. You need to make sure the lighting is appropriate as well. So, for instance, you know, if your lighting's coming from behind your face, well, then you're not going to really, they're not going to see your face or your features because light's from behind. You need to make sure the light is shining on your face. Uh, And, you know, just make sure that uh, you have all the updates for whatever video conferencing software that you have as well because... I can tell you for the for the Zoom meetings I've been on, I've been prompted many a times to update the software, and I, I keep pushing it off because I'm late for a call. Uh, let's see. Strange as it sounds, I thought this was interesting. Make sure you're not dehydrated. Having a sip of water well, once or twice in an interview is probably not a problem. But, you know, what will happen is that if you are dehydrated, you're going to really want to have a lot of water. And drinks that have a lot of caffeine are going to dehydrate you as well. So you may want to hold off on that extra cup of coffee until after the interview. Also, it's probably a good idea to stay hydrated 24 hours ahead of time because there has been numerous reports showing that you have a better cognitive uh, function when you are well hydrated and then finally know how to read a room when you when they start to look bored with your answer finish it up quickly wrap it up uh if they look confused make sure you elaborate a little bit better if they look distracted try to re-engage them with uh maybe um moving of your body or even telling a little bit of a joke i thought those were all really good tips to make sure you get that great first impression tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports that clock at four Doncic. the step back three you bet music you set my world on fire yes, and even podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on TuneIn. go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening Ah, the Wi-Fi extender. Really cheap situation, um, or a cheap option, I should say. Uh, If you're looking to kind of uh, boost the range of your Wi-Fi signal, because generally what you're going to be looking for is the standard 2.4 gigahertz. Uh, You'll get about 150 feet uh, from the the Wi-Fi antenna, uh, a a strong enough signal that you can work on, on the Internet. Uh, if you have 5G, that roughly cuts it down to about 50 feet. And for most homes, that's plenty of space. But you may find that there's one part of the room that really could benefit from a little stronger signal. And that is kind of what the extender might do for you. But there's another option. But let's just talk about the extender because there is pros and cons to the extender. Pros is it's generally going to be cheap. They start at 30 bucks, um, and they will solve the problem. Um, but what they end up doing is that you have your, your regular Wi-Fi router, 
and then the instructions will tell you that you need to put the extender halfway between the router and whatever room you want to extend the signal in. Because what it's basically going to do is use the Wi-Fi signal, pull it in, and then reamplify it elsewhere, which works great. However, it uses the exact same frequencies that your computer and your phone are using to communicate to the internet. So if you have too much going on, like a high-definition movie or a game, or if you're doing a video call, you might have some issues with buffering because it's using the exact same frequency. So in that other case, you may want to pony up the extra cash and go with a mesh router system. This is actually uses multiple units, three, four, five, six, seven, how many ever you want. And they all work together to blanket your home with exceptionally strong Wi-Fi. And they do this by using separate uh, radio signals that are not used by your computer or your phone to communicate with the internet. So there should be very little buffering. That is going to be the better option if you're streaming high-definition movies or if you're in video conferencing. But if you're just checking your email or surfing the web, uh, a Wi-Fi range extender should work for you. No problemo. This one was uh, a, a subject that my sister kind of uh, broached with me because she just had her uh, her and her husband, Jeff, just had their second child, Lorelai. And, um, uh, you know, they're, they're back to drinking uh, milk. And um, um, this is right about the time when my sister's normal um, uh, uh, baby formula was unavailable. And so um, I don't know if, if you've paid uh, attention to the, um, uh, to the shortage of, of baby formula, but um, the government relaxed rules about food, uh, baby formula imported from other countries like Europe and Japan and Australia and what have you. So she ended up getting a uh, formula from the UK. And she said that this formula was different than the formula that she had here in the States in that it looked more like regular real breast milk. And she noticed that Lorelei's um, uh, number twos were much healthier looking um, and it smelled differently. And it really brought up the, 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 you know, the conversation we had is like, well, there's a lot of things that we have in our food here in the United States that have been banned on other parts of the world because of everything ranging from increased cancer risk to behavioral problems to neurological problems to uh, uh, fertility. And it really is infuriating because when you find out Nine times out of ten, there are substitutes available that these manufacturers do not, that could use that are much safer for us, and they choose not to use them. It just really is infuriating. Uh, I wanted to share with some of them with you today uh, brominated vegetable oil. It's called BVO. It's used a lot of times in sports drinks and any sort of a citrusy or brightly colored soda. Mainly it's used as what's called an emulsifier um, because when these, um, if you've ever seen um, uh, natural peanut butter, when it sits on the shelf too long, it separates. On the top, you've got the oil, and at the bottom, you've got all the uh, the peanut butter. And that's kind of what an emulsifier does. It, it prevents that stuff from you know, separating, which makes a lot of sense. That's fine. However, peer-reviewed studies have shown that there's a link between bromiated vegetable oil and neurological problems, thyroid problems, heart and liver problems, behavioral, developmental, and reproductive issues. That's a lot of things. And, you know, I have a child that has... ADHD, which makes me wonder, does this stuff kind of play into the ADHD and make it a little bit more uh, aggressive? Potassium bromate, that's used in pretty much every 
dough or flour product that you have. It's called an improver. And basically what it does is it makes uh, the, the bread rise a little bit better and uh, it, it stays on the shelf a little bit longer. But potassium bromide has been linked to kidney, thyroid, gastrointestinal cancers in animals. It's been banned in the European Union, in Australia, even in India, the stuff has been banned. But it is still legal here in the United States. But probably the biggest mm, frustrating thing I could think about is red dye number three, also known as F, uh, FD&C, red dye number three, or red dye number three by itself. It's a food coloring. It's used in a slew of foods, from candies, baked goods, snacks, cereals, and sodas. And it really kind of adds a little bit of color. And of course, that's what we look for. Things that look good is uh, generally things that we're going to be looking for. But red dye number three has been found to cause cancer and thyroid tumors so bad 30 years ago red dye number three was banned in cosmetics so you can't use it it's not a, it's illegal for you to put in stuff that you put on your face but the internal stuff you can eat it no problem and why why is it this way well because when the FDA made these rules 30, 40, 50 years ago, we didn't know about red dye number three or potassium bromide or, um, uh, you know, uh, bronified vegetable oil. But we have research now. And in the European, like I said, in a lot of other countries, they've started banning these items because of the risk to health. And why I said this infuriates me the most is that there are alternatives available that are generally cheaper for the manufacturers to get a hold of and use, but they're choosing not to because the hard cost of moving from the old stuff to the new stuff or some sort of lobbyist or some sort of payoff is going on. And it really is making, it's infuriating. But there is some hope coming up because there's legislation going on in a couple of big states, in New Jersey and in California, that would ban these particular items that would be more in line with the rest of the world. And what I have found, is why this is beneficial for us in Florida, is I have found that generally companies don't like to make different versions of the same thing. Uh, it's why um, there's a law in, in uh, New Jersey that requires all food items to, have, uh, uh, to basically have an expiration date in 24 months. That's why salt shakers and bottles of water, stuff that doesn't normally go bad, even honey, will tell you it has a date on it that says it expires. It really doesn't expire, but it's much easier for the manufacturers to sell in bigger states like New Jersey that have a lot of population. It's easier to abide by their rules and just blanket everyone else versus making two separate items, which are basically the same, but only one are sold in New Jersey and the rest are sold everywhere else in, in the country. And that's why I'm hopeful that with California and New Jersey putting legislation to ban this stuff, it will be eventually moved out of our foods uh, as well. Talked a bit about squinting. Why do we squint? And why does it seem like we didn't do it when we were younger? Well, because we didn't really need to. Squinting does a couple of things with our eyes. One of them is, and it has to do with light. Obviously, that's how we see things. But squinting actually reduces the amount of light that comes into our eyes. And sometimes there's too much of a good thing. That's why you probably squint when the sun is out bright and you're looking to read something. But the other one happens as we get older because it has to do with the lens of our eye. As you know, that you know, light comes in through the lens. The lens focuses it to the back of the eye, which is where the retina is. And uh, depending on where that beam is, that's how we can interpret information. And that's why people that have corrective lenses um, have them, because the, their lens is not putting the light source 
where it needs to be in the retina. <laughs> but what happens as we get older, the flexibility of our lenses gets a little stiffer. It goes away. So in essence, by squinting, we are actually forcing our, our lenses to go back to where they were and forcing the light to show where it should be on your, uh, on your retina. And then finally, we learned a little bit about getting fruit flies out. Well, actually found out a lot about fruit flies. I did not know that they are most commonly introduced into our home through bananas. They apparently love bananas. They love starting their families on bananas, and they will leave their eggs. And uh, why this is a, 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 a you know, why to bring this up is that there's a pretty handy little hack that will rid the bananas of those fruit fly eggs, and it involves rubbing alcohol, putting a little bit on your hand, and then uh, as uh, before it completely dries up, you want to touch the ends of the bananas, kind of massage it a little bit. That rubbing alcohol will actually kill the eggs, so they won't hatch. And therefore, you reduce risk of having fruit flies. Because any fruit, <laughs> there's a good chance there's a fruit fly egg somewhere on it. And so there's the show for today, Tuesday, March 21st, 2023. Of course, I always welcome your comments and feedback. You can email me, C-M-A-L-O-N-E, at odyssey.com. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you.